welcome to the Sincerely Mere podcast, the podcast taking a Christ-centered approach to holistic health along with a focus on slow, conscious living, and of course, cultivating nourishing, sustainable habits for you and your family. Hello and welcome back to episode 8, I believe we're on, (laughs) Um, of the Sincerely Mere podcast. I'm your host, Miriam Diane. And thank you so much for tuning in. Today, I have an awesome guest. I know I say this every week, but today I'm joined by Liz Logan, um, a dental hygienist who is very, very um, well-educated on the pro-metabolic lifestyle and will be explaining to us how what we eat uh, affects our oral health. And we talk about all kinds of things, water flossing, um regular flossing should you go to the dentist regularly is it even worth it um wisdom teeth removal all of the things so um with that i will just jump right into the interview here is liz logan all right liz welcome to the show (laughs) thank you for having me excited to be here if you're comfortable you can go ahead and share a little bit about yourself introduce yourself share your story all that good stuff (laughs) Yeah, of course. So, I mean, I guess my official title is I'm a dental hygienist, but um, my main focus is on like holistic health and nutrition and how that impacts our oral health. Um, I started getting more into, I guess, holistic health in 2018, like the end when I was struggling with my own health problems. And I started going down more of the path of (laughs) plant-based and um more more paleo i guess and then um my last semester of dental hygiene school i read i was introduced to the book the novel the dental diet and he talks a ton about saturated fats and meat and dairy and the positive impact on our oral health and that's when gears kind of started shifting and i started focusing more on animal foods to support mm-hmm. our health and it's just kind of been a giant rabbit hole since so after learning about like vitamin k2 and we'll we'll jump more into that in a little bit i found like matt blackburn because of his brand Mitalife and his purely k supplement and so after finding him i started learning about pro metabolic health and so it's just kind of been like a trickle <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and one mm-hmm. thing after the other that essentially has led me to uh, more of a focus on pro metabolic health and oral health. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole pro metabolic it is a massive rabbit hole. That was a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah, it was so fun. I love learning, and it all just was clicking and making sense mm-hmm. and tying in with what I had previously been learning. So it was just it was so fun in the beginning, and I still love it. But mm-hmm. I feel like I'm just revisiting the same information now. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, that was the one thing that I loved about, yeah, just finding the pro-metabolic space because everything started to make sense. Like when I was, because I did veganism for like a little bit. Uh, thankfully, it wasn't for very long. <laughs> so maybe like a couple weeks, like maybe a month. But um, then I got pregnant and then I started craving animal foods. And so it did not last long. <laughs> Thankfully. Oh, yeah. Your yeah. body knew what it needed. Right, exactly. Um, but yeah, it 
like I said, when I finally stumbled on like Matt's page, I think it was like Matt and Jessica Ash that were the two that introduced me to it. And especially mm-hmm. the whole sugar piece, I was like, what? <laughs> you know, I was like, okay, but I guess I'll, you know, I'll hear, hear him out. But um, Oh, definitely. That sugar piece is big and dental too, because it's so <laughs> looked down upon and right. demonized. But, exactly. Um, and and uh, Kate Daring. So Matt Lockburn talks about Kate Daring, How to Heal Your Metabolism book. And that was where it all started for me. And mm-hmm. then, yeah, I love Jessica Ash. Kitty Bloomfield. Um, oh, yes. Nate, nutrition, just all just solid people mm-hmm. with great information. Yes, totally agree. Um, okay, well, you kind of already answered this. One of the questions I was going to ask you is what led you into the metabolic space as a dental hygienist? But that was just kind of, do you want to expand more on that or do you want to just move on to the next thing? I mean, I a lot of it has been like self-learned from, you know, those people that I mentioned. Mm-hmm. I mean, my goal is to eventually take a continuing education course, um, uh, probably the functional nutritional therapy one that you're doing, mm-hmm. and just have a bigger idea of the puzzle because you realize how much more there is to it. So right now I feel like, I mean, I, I feel like I know something, but I also know there's so much more. Like right above me that I still need to learn. But I also think that's always the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that was what. Um, yeah, again, that was a good way to put it. I feel like I did a lot of self learning before entering the NTA. But now taking this course, like it's just, you know, all the things I was kind of wondering about, it was just like putting the puzzle together in a really like, uh, beautiful way, I guess. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think it'll definitely be beneficial, especially with yeah like your uh your field because so many people have no idea about what the things that you know you're learning yeah right I'm Um, one of the very few I guess but it's mm -hmm. almost like even my dental hygiene degree it's it's like I hear people talk about oral health who don't have a degree in dental hygiene or dental and they know a lot of stuff but I also can see the missing spots you know Mm -hmm. so I like having a program and going through and just getting such like a complete kind of puzzle I guess of everything yes yeah Um, I feel (laughs) that was something I noticed too like now that I'm in school and I'm like seeing these people giving like health advice in some areas I'm just like oh no like don't be like touting that you know what I mean (laughs) oh so I'm sure that actually might be pretty yeah (laughs) that's why I stay Uh, within like oral health I'm like I'm confident here and I still know I know to learn I will not like deviate out I mean I I do fitness and other stuff like that but I know that's (laughs) I I decided um I was just gonna stay within food like people will come to me with like other things um and, you know, I'll give them food-based recommendations, but when it comes to, like, homeopathic remedies or, like, oral care or, you know, Herbal. like, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Herbs. Um, I have a select few. I'm trying to kind of build that, you know, the people that I do trust in this space that are specialized in certain things so I can point them in their direction and they can answer their questions a little bit better. But, yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's been a learning curve for me for sure, but... Yes, for sure. I'll, I mean, sometimes we'll try and seek out 
Like mm-hmm. people are information that I can send them, but I'm like, I'm not entirely confident in this. So. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, um, okay. So in what ways would you say food affects your oral health? So food, I mean, I kind of thought of this from two standpoints. So number one, like the frequency and what's we're, what we're, when we're eating and number two, what we're eating. So in the frequency, it takes our saliva 20 to 30 minutes to neutralize after each time you eat. So whenever you're eating, your saliva goes into an acidic state to help break down and digest your food. And so it takes about 20 to 30 minutes after eating to neutralize it. And so if we're constantly snacking, eating carbs, not taking breaks between meals, um, we're not giving our saliva that time to neutralize and remineralize our teas. So frequency is important and something you can do because with pro-metabolic, I realized it's a lot of kind of snacking mm-hmm. and eating frequently, you know, every three to four hours. And so that is, that is pretty frequent. And then the other thing, sipping on juices or sipping on things long-term is going to keep your saliva acidic. So something to help kind of navigate that would be like swishing with water after meals or swishing with like a clean mouth rinse. I really like the brand Elementa um, oregano P73 is another great mouth rinse with oregano in it. So you could rinse after meals to help kind of speed up that process of neutralizing the saliva. Um, And then if you want to brush your teeth, if you want to be extra after meals, wait 20 to 30 minutes to brush because it is acidic and the pores in your teeth are opened it can abrade the enamel so you just want to wait a little bit after eating to brush so I always wait like after dinner if I eat a a snack before that I almost had midnight snack only now am I getting midnight snacks but I'm waking up hungry because I'm pregnant right right, Um, yes I remember those days but yes so but anyways so before bed I'll just kind of wait or I'll do a mouth rinse and then I'll brush after so that's kind of the saliva aspect acidity and then what we're eating is going to affect our teeth too so I mean eating like slimy foods like caramel and gummies and stuff like that that stick to your teeth are going to draw more bacteria to them which you know can build up that environment that bacterial environment more in a negative way and cause decay in that sense but then also on a nutritional from a nutritional aspect too so focusing on nutrient-rich foods which is what I love about pro-metabolic is it's so focused on uh, saturated fat containing foods. And so um, vitamin C is great for our gums and our teeth because you need vi- vitamin C to form collagen and collagen is found in our teeth and the connective tissue, which is our gums around our teeth. So getting foods with vitamin C are great. And then even collagen containing foods too, like bone broth, jello made from, you know, grass-fed gelatin. Um, those are also going to help with gum health and, and just tooth health too. And then if we dive more into the fat-soluble vitamins like A, D, and K2, those all have a huge role on our oral health also. And so vitamin A, so retinol, like the 
animal form, not beta carotene from plants. Um, it's a fat soluble vitamin and assists in bone and tooth development and is needed in conjunction with vitamin D. So they kind of work in tandem together and typically foods that have one are gonna have the other to kind of balance each other out. So for vitamins A and D like beef liver is fantastic for like A, vitamin A, copper, iron, just tons of vitamins and minerals. And then I also do um, cod liver oil for vitamin D. That's like my main go-to source. That's not like a synthetic D. It's not isolated. It's right. a whole food source. So those mm -hmm. are going to be great for your teeth. And then um, how vitamin K2 plays in the picture is it, it is needed to activate um, two proteins that vitamin A and vitamin D stimulate the release of. And so vitamin A and D stimulate the release of proteins, osteocalcin and matrix GLA. And the role of those two proteins is osteocalcin delivers calcium into the bones and the teeth and matrix GLA removes calcium from soft tissue. So it kind of cleans up the old or excess calcium. So if you don't have enough vitamin K2 and you're deficient in that, we don't have that benefit of those two proteins. So we can have excess calculus, or calculus buildup is dental term. So calculus is calcified and hardened plaque. So we can, have, we can see that in the mouth, but if that's happening in the mouth, that's gonna be happening throughout the body too. Mm -hmm. We just mm -hmm. don't necessarily see where until diseases start arising. Um, so yeah, K2 is very important and also activating those proteins. Okay. Um, so then what would you say um, some, things wouldn't, some things people wouldn't typically think to do in regards to their oil, oral hygiene? Oh my gosh, I cannot talk today. <laughs> <laughs> no Please worries. bear with me. <laughs> oh my gosh, no worries. Um, for I feel like the nutritional effects, I just, it's very lightly talked about. It's more so brush and floss, tongue scrape. Yeah. Like people don't talk so much about like the nutrition impact and how when we are deficient in minerals and vitamins, one of the signs we can see that through is dental decay or excess calculus buildup. And excess calculus buildup is when the plaque's calcified, you know, we're deficient in those vitamins that help regulate the calcium. And so we have this extra buildup on our teeth that we can see, and that's going to ultimately lead to what's called periodontal disease or gum disease. And that's when you start losing the attached tissue. So you start to see your gums go down, you mm -hmm. might start losing some bone. And so we start to see the disease kind of advance mm -hmm. with that. And so I would say nutrition. It's, it's like such a big role in our oral health that often right. isn't talked about it's like brush and floss and see you yeah. later yeah it's like people don't real you know they think you know they do brush floss even tongue scrape some people um and they can just eat whatever they want I never even thought about that until the past couple of years like that I mean my diet's never been atrocious by any means <laughs> but you know I I did never think like okay actually what I'm eating probably does affect you know, my oral health. So that's really, mm -hmm. 
I'm just so excited to dive into all of these audience Q and A's because I'm going to learn so much from you. I think. <laughs> well, I know. Yeah. Um, so, did you have anything else to add? Otherwise, we can jump into those. I feel like that's like the most important um, mm-hmm. key point. So we can move on. There'll probably be more. We'll come right. Up. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of really good questions, and you've kind of touched on some of them already. So, um, so the first one I have is: Do you think wisdom teeth removal is always necessary? So that one, I'm gonna have a different perspective just because, like, I'm not an oral surgeon. I don't really like work in this a ton. I have a doctor in our office who removes wisdom teeth. Um, he doesn't know anything about cavitation, so. <laughs> wasn't of much help when I was kind of learning about it but Mm. I from what I have seen and my experience I think in some cases it is necessary and hopefully I can create the visual to explain this but we have the three molars and we have the first molar that we get at six the second molar that's behind it and then that third wisdom tooth the third molar that third molar if it erupts you know, parallel to the two molars in front of it, and it sits just fine. And we don't have any nudging into that back molar. I think it's okay if the person can keep them clean, because that's another struggle with wisdom teeth is they're so far back there that they are just Mm -hmm. filthy. (laughs) Every time I clean them, it's just like 25 mils compact in there. So um, I think if they can keep them clean and keep the gums healthy around them, then it it would be okay. Um, But the cleaning factor is another thing where if they're not keeping them clean, we have a lot of like plaque and food in that pocket, they can start to develop, develop periodontal disease around them. And that's the gum disease I was talking about earlier that that calculus can cause. And so if we start losing bone around that third wisdom tooth, it, it is bacterial and can start to spread up to those teeth in front of it. And so to me, it'd be more worth pulling that wisdom tooth than losing that wisdom tooth and the two molars or mm-hmm. any other teeth that could be affected by the periodontal disease. And then the other issue is if it is at an angle. So if we have that second molar and that th- third molar is coming at like a 90 degree angle and nudging the very back of that tooth, it can start erupting into it and causing decay. And the person winds up losing both of those molars. So I do think there is a time when it's appropriate. Um, And if you do get them removed, you can go to a biological dentist. Um, The website to find one in your area is iaomt.org. And I would call offices and ask questions, you know, like do you offer ozone, which is um, a procedure where they use ozone um, water to kind of clear out that cavitation and kill bacteria. Just ask them a few questions to see if they're the right fit for you. Um, But anyway, so finding a biological dentist who can hopefully refer you to a biological oral surgeon unless they are able to remove it because sometimes that wisdom tooth is so, that if that root's too developed and it's in that mandibular canal, which is a huge canal at the very bottom of your jaw that runs nerves, arteries, and vessels through it if it's in that canal it's it's tricky to remove it can cause permanent nerve damage so i would go through a biological dentist 
um, have a cone bean scan, which is a 3D image of your whole jaw so they can see where that wisdom tooth exactly is and kind of how it's erupting. Mm -hmm. And what is a biological dentist for people who might not know? Oh, yeah. So they're a holistic, <laughs> holistic dentist. So, um, I mean, a couple of the practices is like no fluoride, um, fluoride-free kind of beliefs, philosophy, um, probably ozone because ozone is often used after if there's like a cavitation from wisdom tooth, which mm, let's mm -hmm. quickly jump into that. Yeah. Um, when a wisdom tooth removed and that socket is left open, when it's healing, food can get down in there and impact it and um, sometimes cause what's called a dry socket. So it's kind of a localized like infection there. Um, and that can cause a cavitation in the bone. So we can, the gum heals over it and it kind of traps that bacteria in which causes oh. like necrotic bone. So kind of starts to kill that bone in that area. Um, so that's a wisdom tooth cavitation. And so biological dentists or holistic dentists often work with that mm -hmm. and opening up that bone, cleaning out that area properly um, and then closing it up. And they usually use um, PRP, which is um, like your own blood. They take your, they draw your blood, they spin it. And then they put the PRP in that pocket and close it up. And that helps heal that site with your own blood. Mm -hmm. Not like um, a graft for, like bovine or cow. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I hope I answered the biological dentist thing. Oh, no, you did. They just have mm -hmm. more holistic thoughts. Yeah. They look at the mm -hmm. whole body. Mm -hmm. They think of everything yeah. as connected. It's not just the mouth alone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. that... So important, <laughs> especially, well, mm -hmm. all the pieces, but especially the fluoride piece, like people need to be more aware of that, I think. Oh, like, yeah. I know there's um, a lot of different things, but fluoride is definitely something to be aware of. Oh, definitely. If you're wanting to start cleaning up the toxins in your environment and taking out endocrine disruptors and start truly healing, fluoride is a huge one. Mm-hmm. So you and, answered two. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no. Um, it's actually awesome. Um, like some of the dental forums I'm on, I'm seeing like someone will post about fluoride and how can we convince our patients? And I'm seeing half and half, half the hygienists who are like, it's not necessary. There's other ways to go about it. And then I see others who are like, these people are crazy. And so it's, <laughs> it's cool to start seeing a lot of hygienists kind of wake up to it because in school, we are not taught any of the side effects, any of the down downside to it. And so it's awesome to start seeing hygienists kind of wake up to it and question yeah, what some, we've been. Yes, doing some mm -hmm. independent research. Yes, exactly. Um, so you kind of answered two questions there. Uh, so we can move on to the next one. Can you heal cavities? And if so, how? You can reverse what's called an incipient cavity. And that means the cavity is in the enamel and not yet into the dentin, which is the layer underneath the enamel. And that dentin is really soft and porous and it's protecting the nerve supply of the tooth. So if we, if that decay gets past that enamel and into the dentin, you'll need like a filling. And I would have a biological dentist help you with this. Mm -hmm. um, 
And if it's just in the incipient, which is just the enamel, then yeah, it is reversible. So um, part of that, there's quite a few things that play into healing cavities. We first kind of have to ask what could be causing it. So it could be like carbohydrates and excess intake of carbohydrates, um, the microbiome, like an imbalance in our gut. It could be like lack of brushing or flossing and just not great home care and not removing the bacteria often enough and keeping the environment healthy. Um, and then it can be like mouth breathing. So mm. having a dry mouth where we're designed to breathe through our noses. And if we're not breathing through our noses, we have our mouth open, it creates a dry in environment and we need our saliva to lubricate our teeth. Um, our saliva delivers vitamin K2 into the teeth. It delivers minerals and enzymes. And so open mouth breathing can cause cavities and then nutrient deficiencies. So deficiency of K2, vitamin D or A could all play a role in it too. So kind of figuring out the cause. And this is when I think finding a provider who knows about this stuff is mm -hmm. often helpful because at my office, we just drill and fill. It's, it's not a biological holistic office. And so they don't have that benefit of getting to the root cause and finding out what's happening is just drill it and fill it. Let's check you in six months. If there's another one, we do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My, my husband just went in for a checkup. He's going to be annoyed that I'm talking about him on the podcast, but <laughs> he, uh, he just got his teeth cleaned and he texted me, you know, probably when his appointment would have been over. He's like, I have a small cavity. They're going to fill it now, but you know, whatever. I was like, Oh, like you should have said, wait, like, I'm interviewing an oral or like a dental hygienist. She could have helped. <laughs> oh, I would have tried to reverse it in six months. Right. I know. There. I'm just like, you, you can reverse. I was yeah. like, you can reverse them. And he's like, he's like, what? No, you can't. I was like, oh, you just wait. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Let him listen to this. It is yeah. possible. Um, <laughs> biological dentists are great at that too. They will help you try and reverse it before they will fill it. So That's awesome. Uh, the downside to filling a tooth or drilling into a tooth is anytime we disrupt that tooth, it kind of wakes up that nerve supply. And mm -hmm. so if we constantly are irritating that nerve, eventually it's going to abscess and die and it's going to lead to like needing a root canal, which is a whole other <laughs> rabbit hole. Uh, yeah. Um, so I, my husband and I like, we haven't had needed a filling in a really long time, but I'm like, if there's anything like postpartum, because cavities mm -hmm. are common postpartum, because you give 10% of your mineral stores to your first kid, you give 9% to your second, so you kind of give less as your stores kind of um, become depleted. And if you're not replenishing them, that's going to be even less that you're giving them. Mm -hmm. But postpartum is a really common time to have cavities. So I haven't had x-rays in almost two years. I'll get them postpartum just four of them to make sure that everything looks okay. Um, mm -hmm. But if there is the start of any cavity, I will for sure be reversing that before jumping to yep. the filling. Mm -hmm. um, so you've kind of already touched on this, but why is vitamin K2 important for oral health? So the highest concentration of K2 is found in the saliva and our saliva helps lubricate our teeth, deliver nutrients, minerals, 
And so if you're depleted in, in vitamin K2, you don't have that in your saliva. You're not going to have that benefit of remineralizing the teeth, um, taking in that calcium, cleaning up the old calcium. And it also helps with plaque control too. Um, K2 plays a big role in regulating plaque. And so if we have, you know, excess plaque buildup, that's probably K2 related. We can help that with K2 and then also the calcified plaque. If you don't know what that is, look it up. It's it's um, built up plaque that's like calcified and hard. It's like a sliver on the tooth. It's really firm and you mm. can't get it off unless you get a cleaning. It, that's, uh, it's like oh my gosh. cement. It's nearly like cement. So is, is that visible like on the tooth? You can usually see it on first start on the lower front teeth. Okay. Um, if you go years between a cleaning, because... The other thing about getting your teeth cleaned is you might think you're hitting all areas in your mouth with brushing and flossing, but the truth is we all miss spots. It's not, yeah. Oral care is a habit recreated so long ago, and you're following the same habit mm-hmm. unconsciously every day. You're not really thinking about what you're doing. You're just kind of going about it. So we miss places commonly, and those areas can have buildup there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so going in for a cleaning it's nice to be able to see where you're missing, yeah. work on improving there, and just get it cleaned and relieve the gum. Yeah. I I do think, you know, so many people are, I'm sure that are listening to this podcast are pretty, like, not anti-Western medicine, but, you know, they're, like, wary of it at least. But I do think that, like, getting, I think teeth are one of those things that it's, like, it is really important to to get them checked up regularly so that you know where you're at, kind of what you were saying. And then it's just finding the right, you know, provider, the right dentist, like the biological yeah. dentist you were talking about. Exactly. One that will support you in your decisions right. and they're not going to, you know, drill you mm-hmm, <laughs> for mm-hmm. not wanting x-rays or not wanting fluoride or things like that. Just find one that supports you because ultimately you hire your provider. So right. If you're not comfortable there, they're kind of putting up a fight on things. Just walk out and try and find someone else and stick with that person. Mm-hmm. Because that's another thing is when you stay with a provider or hygienist and go start going to them, you know, every six months, they can see gaps and see where you need help and see areas that are your trouble spots. Or if, if you're bouncing provider to provider, it's mm-hmm. hard to really get to know you and see your patterns and habits right. really help you. Exactly. But I do see like in health forums, like people who just write off the dentist, they think they're healthy enough that they don't need to go. And I'm just like, you're so naive. Like, come on. They're just seeing the people I see every day. I'm like, it is needed. Even if you think you're doing the best job you are, we we can find something. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. And they have like a literal bird's eye view like they can see all of what you're you know what you could be missing so yeah that too and the magnification like I wear the, mm-hmm. the they're called loops in their glasses where it's basically a magnifying glass a mass like you get to see so close on that tooth so we can see that tooth two and a half times what the eye can see it and so it's right. like you can look in the mirror and think you're seeing things but it's not that bird's eye view and it's not that magnification with that bright light. Right. Um, so uh, you've talked on your page about not supplementing vitamin D. What are your thoughts on it? It sounds like she's just referring to a vitamin D K2 supplementation. 
Yeah, and that's what I first started, um, I guess kind of teaching on it or thinking on it was that you needed a D with a K2, even though I never even have actually taken vitamin D myself. Um, when right. I first learned about it, that was the impression I was under was that you need to take D plus K2 um, mm-hmm. together. But they kind of out, they kind of like kind of outdo each other. So taking vitamin D, we already have a lot of kind of calcification from our food sources um, coming in and we don't have enough D for that already. And so if we're taking more vitamin D and stimulating more calcium to be like released, we're just going to have a ton of calcium and that K2 can't keep up with it because most of us, the truth is, are already deficient in K2. So I'd say kind of catching up on the K2, getting your stores up on that and focusing on more of the K2 puzzle is going to help with um, vitamin D. Um, so, and the other thing is like what I see like anecdotally and in my, a lot of my patients who take vitamin D, I can't say every patient who takes it, but a lot of them is they have this wild excess buildup of calculus. It's just like, I see them every six months and I'm like looking down, like this looks like you haven't been in in three years. And I just seen you six months ago. And so what's happening is that vitamin D is stimulating the release of osteocalcin and matrix GLA protein. And those proteins, they're not taking vitamin K and it's, it's very weak in our food supply. And so they're releasing just tons of calcium from the bone that they don't have enough K2 to, you know, regulate that. And so I say shifting gears to that K2 is going to help um, get that calcium rebalance. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's kind of my thoughts on it, where it's mm-hmm. just so much calcification. And you guys think if it's happening in the mouth, it's happening in other areas of the body. The mouth mm-hmm. is like a great introspect on what's going on throughout the whole body. Right. Yeah. I've, I've heard that too, actually. Um, so do you have any tips on dental health during pregnancy? I mean, you're pregnant now, so I'm sure you have some (laughs) advice, but, uh, this person is having difficulty brushing due to nausea. Yeah. So gosh, that's hard. Um, sometimes it's the toothpaste. So (laughs) sometimes just dry brushing at a minimum is what it's called. So not using toothpaste, just using your toothbrush and moving that plaque and getting some movement and breaking up the biofilms is helpful. So you can dry brush, you know, morning and night um, Mm -hmm. and then add toothpaste in, you know, like a clean one. And we'll go over that later, but adding one of those in later, if you can handle it will help. Um, Utilizing a mouth rinse is going to help a lot. Also, and then um, if like reaching your hands in your mouth is causing gagging and that's just flossing is not going to happen, either getting like a water pick or um, my favorite floss flosser is called Reach Reach Floss, just R-E-A-C-H. And it's just a really long handle that helps you reach back in there so you don't have to put your fingers in your mouth. So a couple ways with flossing. Um there was a question on water flossing. Mm-hmm. I I like it for like, if you're never going to floss, then that's just not going to be a thing for you. I think it's great to water pick instead. But I, I don't think a water pick and just from like what the studies show with plaque removal 
is going to remove as much as actually like mechanically removing that plaque with floss, like actually touching strings of the tooth and pulling that plaque up and out in the pocket. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a lot more beneficial than spraying bursts of water at it. Mm-hmm. So okay. but I have people who just will not floss. They just are like, that's never going to be a thing. So I'm like, get the water, water pick it yeah. a minimum then. And let's mm-hmm. just go from there. Mm-hmm. So, I have a, or, sorry, go ahead. Oh yeah, no, you're good. Um, um, I was just, <laughs> one of those things, like, I wasn't know. sure you saying that was okay. You go ahead or I'll finish first. I'll say mine after you go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was just going to say that I got a, <laughs> I got a water flosser for Christmas last year and I've been using it. I, I definitely use it way more than I do, uh, regular floss just be especially in the mornings just because you know I'm usually running a little bit late (laughs) so Mm -hmm. that's just it's just much easier to run that through my mouth rather than like taking the time to floss but at night I do you sometimes I'll do both like I'll um I'll manually floss and then just do like a water flosser through it um and then I'll like rinse but yeah no I think that's great and Something I've been curious to try, because I don't actually have a water pick myself, I just floss, but I'd be interested to use the water pick and then floss after and see what the floss is picking up. Oh, see yeah. See what plaque is on the floss to see, mm-hmm. like, how effective it is. If you don't have much plaque on the floss, then mm-hmm. water pick seems to be doing it for you. But That's a good idea. Even when I clean people and I do the polish, I use the, it's called the ultrasonic. It's a water instrument that helps flush bacteria from beneath the gum line and hand scale. So you also, you also follow up with hand instruments and scrape any of the areas that the ultrasonic misses. Even after those three steps and I floss at the end, I still get plaque. So I figure like, I don't know if the water pick could be better than those three things I just did. Mm-hmm. you know uh, if yeah. I'm still getting plaque on that floss at the end so that's, right. that's my main hold up with the water pick but like I said I think at a minimum it's fine and the other thing is if you have like healthy microbiome you're mm-hmm. swishing like your your nutrients are in check you might be okay to be leaving a little bit of plaque you know mm-hmm. so I don't know I guess just depending on how you respond yeah um I don't know if you have thoughts on this. I know you're a huge like tongue scraping advocate, um, but I was listening to an interview with Lumino's CEO um, mm-hmm. and he was saying that sometimes tongue scraping isn't completely necessary for someone who is taking really good care of like their or- their oral health and they're eating the right foods and like they have a healthy microbiome. They don't need mm-hmm. to necessarily tongue scrape either as often or at all. Do you have, does, do you agree with that? Is there stuff you, any feedback to that? I know we weren't planning to talk about that, but just curious. Yeah. I'm interested how his tongue scraping goes. Is it a he? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I'm interested how his goes just because I do follow a pretty healthy protocol myself Mm -hmm. and I tongue scrape at night and I'm still getting plaque off. So maybe if your microbiome's imbalanced and you don't have cavity problems and your K2 is healthy or like you're taking, you know, good amounts of K2 that might mm-hmm. be okay to get away without scraping. But I think for most people and the majority of people, it would just be best to just do it. Yeah. Kind of a just preventative 
kind of thing. Right. But yeah, that, that very well could be right. I, mm-hmm. I haven't heard that. I'll have to look into it. But I yeah. could see it where I haven't had right. a cavity in years, so I'd probably be okay with it. Just for me, I noticed it's a big breath thing. Like I had, yeah, how yeah. I got into tongue scraping was I had the rankiest breath for like weeks. And I was brushing and I was flossing. I'm like, what's wrong? Like, and mm-hmm. someone said, have you tongue scraped? And I'm like, no, what is that? So I got one immediately gone like my mm-hmm. it was night and day difference and after that I realized like oh my gosh so the main main thing is just halitosis or bad breath from not right. scraping. yeah I feel I'm definitely I have similar thoughts I just really like the way I feel after I tongue scrape it just feels mm-hmm. much cleaner <laughs> oh yeah and once you start doing it you can feel when it needs to be done you're like oh my right. tongue is like yeah. heavy just yes thick. And then even see. just like when you like stick your tongue out and you can see it, it's like, oh, I got a scrape. <laughs> <laughs> the so funny thing is whenever I see a picture of someone like a selfie or something and their tongue sticking out, the first thing I do is look at the tongue. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, you need a tongue scrape. Have you yeah, heard I'm of like, it? I'm like, I'm sending you a scraper. <laughs> yeah, it's on me. <laughs> yeah, but like my husband's breath or something will be a little off and we will kindly let each other know, but right. I'll be like, have you tongue scrape? She's like, it's been a minute. I'm like, go <laughs> scrape or floss. Sometimes I'm like, have uh-huh. you floss? And he's like, yeah. in a couple of days, I'm like, oh my gosh, go floss. You stink. <laughs> oh, I love that. So. Um, oh, I have one other question. It wasn't on here. I'm sorry. But what about oil pulling? Do you oil pull regularly? I don't just because I haven't had a cavity and... I'm just like, why do something extra if mm-hmm. things are pretty healthy? I don't have bleeding gums. Even with being yeah. pregnant, like my gums haven't like excessively been bleeding. Um, and I say excessively because my flossing has slacked a little bit with being pregnant. And that is mm-hmm. the hard thing too with, with pregnancy and cavities is you just don't have the energy to be as on top of things. And so mm-hmm. some things take a back burner. And even as a dental hygienist, flossing has kind of taken a little bit of a back burner for me. Like I'll do it as often as I can, sometimes in the morning, sometimes after lunch, but it's more like four times to five times a week right now. So I'll have mm-hmm. slight bleeding, but um, right now I just haven't felt the necessity to start it myself. But the thought with oil pulling is that it's like, um antibacterial it helps with moving plaque around and getting between the teeth and the hard part about it you have to do it for a really long time it's like 15 to 20 minutes for it to be effective Mm -hmm. and that's a long time to have oil just in your mouth yeah and so I personally haven't gotten into it I just like flossing brushing tongue scraping Mm -hmm. and k2 and vitamins it's been a big game maker for me so Mm -hmm. Yeah, I maybe. Right. Yeah, I've done it. I do it like on and off. Um, Nothing like it's not even for any certain reason. I just like remember it, and then I'll do it for like a week, and then I'll stop for a while. Uh And so, yeah, I was just curious what your thoughts were. Yeah, Um, so I I don't have personal experience with it. I did come across a blog of this lady who was bashing on brushing teeth and saying that it was absolutely unnecessary. And she only oil pulls. And I just was so curious. I'm like, can I clean you? And then we can talk about this. Um, Mm -hmm. Because brushing actually stimulates the gums too and brings nutrients Mm -hmm. to the gums. So 
oil pulling isn't going to be like touching the gums, stimulating the gums as, as well as brushing right. it. So I was curious. I'm like, that's one of those people where she doesn't go in for cleanings. I'm just like, oh my gosh, I, let's, yeah. let's really see this testament here. <laughs> right. Yes. Let's, let's see if it's uh, actually the real deal. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, so what are some toothpaste brands that you recommend? Ooh, so there's a couple that I've personally tried and liked. So, and the other thing is recently I've learned about like glycerin in toothpaste and that mm. it's a noxious um, additive linked to cavities and bleeding gums. And it's in a lot of like natural toothpaste. So I'm really conflicted on it. I don't know, like I don't have cavities and bleeding gums. And I've been using toothpaste with glycerin so and Rizal, Rizal is one of them I really like Rizal but it has glycerin in it what? so I was gonna say I, I've been using that for a while and I've really loved it mm-hmm, I that love it too disappointing oh my I gosh know, it's just like I was looking online and like at the toxicity and trying to look on like environmental working group and just trying to find like what's the oral toxicity and I couldn't find right. anything but on um uh, North American Urban Spice, they have the Oregano P73 toothpaste that I do like. It's just really strong herb. Like, oregano is really strong. So if you can't yeah. handle oregano, like, brushing with that is going to be really Tough. hard. But yeah. they were the ones that said that. So I feel like oh, I need gosh. to, you know, learn more about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also Cosma Beauty. Um, hmm. What is her name? I don't... I, I Stephanie? Yes, Stephanie. Did I get that? So, okay. Yeah, and she's an esthetician and like, you know, puts a lot of her formulas together for her skin line and shampoo. And so she's really familiar with ingredients and like mm-hmm. the toxicity and allergenic effects. And she has been talking about glycerin, like, and how it shouldn't be in toothpaste. So it's relatively new to me. And so Rizal has it, but I found three more that don't. So Elementa, it's more like a gel, but I personally really like it. Like once you start getting away from toothpaste without sodium lauryl sulfate, which is a common irritant and allergenic ingredient for people, it can cause like ulcers and just kind of like rashes in the mouth essentially. Um, once you kind of get away from sodium lauryl sulfate, fluoride, like all those toxic toothpaste, you start to kind of um, not feel that need to have that super foamy. Okay. Uh, property to toothpaste anymore so for me like a gel is fine but some people really want it to be foamy and sudsy mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to find but um young mm-hmm. living like their thieves one I really like that one haven't mm-hmm. used that one in a long time um and then wellness I think it's w-e-l-l-n-e-s-s-e so it has an e at the end so I don't know if it's like wellnessy or wellness <laughs> but I just ordered four tubes from them and they don't have glycerin so um does does lumino have glycerin i haven't I don't know. i haven't tried okay. that one but okay Boca does i'm pretty sure which one Boca. okay it's another um yeah toothpaste that's it has hydroxyapatite like like um risewell does and hydroxyapatite is basically a natural version of fluoride because fluoride is not natural fluorite is natural the mm-hmm. actual element but fluoride stannous fluoride and sodium fluoride are both um 
toxins are both lab made or more so from industrial waste. Oh, yes, yes. Yes. (laughs) Fluoride is not natural. Fluoride is. Yeah. um, Stay away from fluoride. Yes, please. Um, There was a website on on fluoride. It is on IAOMT.org too. They have plenty of studies and articles on fluoride and how it comes from industrial waste and how it's like an ingredient they need to, needed to figure out how to kind of like reuse and not waste. Um, and so on IAOMT.org, you can also find um, studies on fluoride too and like the toxicity of it. Um, but, if you if you think of it, if you're able to send me that website and I'll link it for them. Okay, yeah, in the, in show, the show notes. notes. Because that's awesome. a that'll be a really good resource for people, I think. Yeah, I I feel like that's the hard part is is being able to find studies. Everybody wants you know studies on it. Yeah, so, I know. Show me the study. It's like well, right. We know who funds the studies, right? I know exactly. Yes. <laughs> so um, and then I I did want to talk real quick. So raw milk is a really great source of a lot of the vitamins I talked about. And it's actually one of the highest vitamin K2 um, containing foods. So if you don't know how to get raw milk in your area, go to realmilk.com and put in your zip code and it will bring up local farms or areas close to you. So Mm -hmm. I drive about 40 minutes to get it, but it is gold. It is delicious. Once you switch to it, you're like, what have I been missing out on? I know. Yeah. I, mine is 40 minutes round trip. So 20 minutes there, 20 minutes back. And Oh, not bad. It, yeah. Yeah. It's, it, uh, it's worth it for sure. <laughs> yeah. And you can find other like golden goodies. Like I got my raw cheese at the same, it's a farm store. Mm-hmm. I got my raw cheese there. I got like my, is it einkorn sourdough crackers? Like oh yeah. Organic mm-hmm. crackers. Oh, and then they even cool. have like a restaurant. So we'll get like the chocolate milk made with raw milk and all the of these places. Burger. Like it's just an outing and it's a treat. That is so awesome. Oh my gosh. Where yeah. are you from? Uh, Salt Lake City. Well, I'm on the suburbs oh. of Salt Lake City. Yeah, in Utah. Dang. So I'm going to have to move out there. I know. It's I need great. to see this I don't place. know. It's becoming high density. So <laughs> okay. it's, it's yeah. filling in. Everyone's coming from like California and all over the uh, U.S. right now, so we're feeling yeah. quick. Yeah, that honestly, it's it's cool to see. You know, it's so many people are just like waking up just to like the quality of food. Like raw milk is actually fairly receptive to people. I've noticed lately, um, and then of course, you know, like grass fed beef and just like high quality meat products. Like people are finally like. I mean, it's slightly frustrating because where I'm at, anytime I go like grocery shopping. You know, I have to go at a certain time of the week when they like restock. Otherwise, it's all gone by the time I get there because everyone, you know, they just they're aware of it. And so they get the good quality stuff. And I'm like, oh, yeah, (laughs) that's me. I'm like, they restock Monday. I'm like, I'll be there. I go every Monday. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) You go by Saturday. The shelves are just white. Yes. So um, I get my liver there, too. If I get liver, I've had a hard time I've tried to do it three times and I just I don't know people say it's an acquired taste and I just can't get to that point so I do beef liver capsules just desiccated works best for me 
So, mm-hmm. but I yeah. will get beef liver there occasionally. Usually gets fed to my cat, but lucky mm-hmm. him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. I I've tried a couple different liver recipes. I've never tried like pate or any of that, but you know, like liver and onions. I've tried. I've done the whole soaking it in milk thing, and it's the same way for me. I just can't. yeah so I also do the capsules I mean I'm I don't as you know over the years I will continue to um try it every once in a while but yeah I don't see myself growing to enjoy it anytime soon (laughs) I know me too gosh I'm hoping maybe postpartum I can start because it's like in the breast milk and babies a lot more likely to take it up because that's Mm -hmm. the thing too is if you start your kids on it really young I've heard they like love it. So oh. I'm like, that would be like a big blessing. So I'm willing to try. But uh-huh. as of yeah. right now, I do not love it. <laughs> like, I don't know. If, have you heard of, um, crap, I can't remember, Ancestral Meats or something? That company yeah. that like will ground it up in uh, ground beef? In, yeah, in the food. Yeah, or in the yeah. beef. Yeah, I should try that out. I just haven't gotten around to ordering from them yet. Yeah, I, I'd like to try it too. The other thing is I see people just cut the liver really finely and then put it in like a, mm-hmm. a ground beef. But and then I'm like, always like, it's just such a small amount. It's not going to make know. much of a difference. That's... Like I want one ounce, you know, like uh-huh. I love the amount. And so that's the only hold up for me. Yep. Yep. I, we are on the same wavelength. I have the exact same thoughts. So <laughs> <laughs> um but this was this was really fun Liz thank you so much for coming on um if you want to go ahead and share yeah yeah um if you want to go ahead and share like your social media handles um I don't know I don't think you offer any services but um you know just tell us a little bit about that where they can find you that's what I'm looking for yeah (laughs) of course um so mainly I'm just active on Instagram and my handle is at Liz Logan with two N's at the end. So L-I-Z-L-O-G-A-N-N because the one with one N was taken. Um, <laughs> I hate when that happens. <laughs> I'm like, come on, I'm the OG here. Yes. Um, but I mainly share on my stories. I'm really, I'm mainly active on my stories. I do plan to do some kind of course and get more into like health coaching and help people mm-hmm. who do struggle with you know, chronic cavities and gum disease and, and help them heal and get to the root cause of it. I just, I'm pregnant. And so the continuing education for it's kind of taken the back burner. I'm not fully confident in everything I know right now to move forward in coaching people. So right. Um, I do want to do some CE before starting on that, but I plan to do that probably next summer is the mm-hmm. goal. And then maybe next, I mean, I think it's 10 months is what you said. If I do that one, there is one more I'm looking at. But anyhow, at some point, I plan to get into it. That's my goal. I want to get out of clinical. I do not thrive there. I want to work mm-hmm. with people who want to change. And I don't find that is most of the people who come into our practice. And so for me, mm-hmm. I want to be helping people kind of in a bigger way. So yeah. at some point I do. So I do share educational stuff on stories, but I don't post a ton of pictures and stuff because I do work full time and I'm pregnant and I work out and I cook and I take care of my health and so Mm -hmm. it's hard to keep up with all that content yeah is not a priority right now 
I was just going to say, you got to pick your priorities there. And I think you're doing a really good job. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I'm always harder on myself. But yeah, at some Mm -hmm. point, I do plan to kind of take off with my Instagram a little bit more. Right now, it's just a hobby. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you again. Um, yes, thank you. It was so fun. This is my first podcast. So yay! Great. <laughs> I'm so honored you decided to do it with me. <laughs> <laughs> of course, an easy intro. Yes. And now it's time for a minute with Mir, the part of the show where I will share a Bible verse that's been on my heart a product I've been loving, or a quote I wanted to pass on. Honestly, anything that has blessed me in my everyday life. So for today's Minute with Mir, I just wanted to keep it very brief, hopefully at actually a minute this time, because I have very much been rambling (laughs) during these segments. So I'm just going to share a Bible verse with you. Uh, one that always gives me encouragement and one that you've probably already heard before, but it never hurts to uh, re-emphasize the word of the Lord. So today's verse uh, that I want to share with you is 1 Corinthians 10 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all of it to the glory of God. And of course, this is self-explanatory, but you know, whether it is submitting to our husbands or caring for our own bodies or caring for our family, you know, doing things with a poor attitude or like in, um, and I don't feel like it, but I'm going to do it anyway type of attitude. That's not what God is looking for. God wants you to joyfully be serving the people in your life because that is serving, um, that is serving the Lord. So, uh, that's more so a reminder that I need to give myself. So I figured, I'm sure that there is somebody out there who also needs it. (laughs) Uh, So hopefully this did help somebody out there. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider leaving a five-star rating and review. Everything I mentioned today will be linked in the episode description below. If you would like to keep up with my day-to-day life, you can find me at SincerelyMir on Instagram. Thank you.